listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, you can head on over to Facebook and find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, you can do so by leaving a tip through Venmo at the handle Mystical City of God. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 358. We are reading from Volume 4, Book 8, Chapter 18, Paragraphs 722 to 731. 722. Holy Catholic Church, which in the coming ages shall be called the Roman, my mother and mistress, true treasure of my soul, thou hast been the only consolation of my banishment, the refuge and ease of my labors my recreation, my joy, my hope. Thou hast sustained me in my course. In thee have I lived as a pilgrim to the fatherland, and thou hast nourished me after I had received in thee my existence in grace through thy head, Christ Jesus, my Son and my Lord. In thee are the treasures and the riches of his infinite merits. Thou shalt be for his faithful children the secure way to the promised land and thou shalt safeguard them on their dangerous and difficult pilgrimage. Thou shalt be the mistress of the nations to whom all owe reverence. In thee are the rich and inestimable jewels of the anxieties, labors, affronts, hardships, torments of the cross and of the death, which are all consecrated by those of my Lord, the progenitor, thy master, thy chief, and are reserved for his more distinguished servants and his dearest friends. Thou hast adorned and enriched me with thy jewels, in order that I might enter into the nuptials of my spouse. Thou hast made me wealthy, prosperous, and happy, and thou containest within thee thy author in the most holy sacrament. My happy mother, church militant, rich art thou and abundant in treasures. For thee have I always reserved my heart and my solicitude. But now is the time come to part from thee and leave thy sweet companionship in order to reach the end of my course. Make me partaker of thy great goods, Bathe me copiously in the sacred liqueur of the blood of the Lamb, preserved in thee as a powerful means of sanctifying many worlds. At the cost of my life a thousand times would I bring to thee all the nations and tribes of mortals, that they might enjoy thy treasures. My beloved church, my honor and my glory, I am about to leave thee in mortal life. But in the eternal life I will find thee joyful in an existence which includes all good. From that place I shall look upon thee with love, 
and pray always for thy increase, thy prosperity, and thy progress. 7.23 This was the parting of the Most Blessed Mary from the mystical body of the Holy Roman Catholic Church, the mother of the faithful, in order that all who should hear of her might know by her sweet tears and endearments in what veneration, love, and esteem she held that holy church. After thus taking leave, the great mistress, as the mother of wisdom, prepared to make her testament and last will. When she manifested this most prudent wish to the Lord, he deigned to approve of it by his own royal presence. For this purpose, with myriads of attending angels, the three persons of the most blessed trinity descended to the oratory of their daughter and spouse. And when the queen had adored the infinite being of God, she heard a voice speaking to her, Our chosen spouse, make thy last will as thou desirest, for we shall confirm it and execute it entirely by our infinite power. The most prudent mother remained for some time lost in the profoundness of her humility, seeking to know first the will of the Most High before she should manifest her own. The Lord responded to her modest desire, and the person of the Father said to her, My daughter, thy will shall be pleasing and acceptable to me. For thou art not wanting in the merits of good works and parting from this mortal life, that I should not satisfy thy desires. The same encouragement was given to her by the Son and the Holy Ghost. Therewith the Most Blessed Mary made her will in this last form. 7.24 Highest Lord and Eternal God, I, a vile wormlet of the earth, confess and adore thee with all the reverence of my inmost soul as the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Three persons, distinct in one undivided and eternal essence, one substance, one in infinite majesty of attributes and perfection. I confess thee as the one true creator and preserver of all that has being. In thy kingly presence I declare and say that my last will is this. Of the goods of mortal life and of the world in which I live, I possess none that I can leave. For never have I possessed or loved anything beside thee, who art my good and all my possession. To the heavens, the stars, and the planets, to the elements and all the creatures in them, I give thanks, because according to thy will, they have sustained me without my merit. And lovingly I desire and ask thee to serve and praise thee in the offices and ministries assigned to them, that they continue to sustain and benefit my brethren and fellow men. In order that they may do it so much the better, I renounce and assign to mankind the possession, and as far as possible, the dominion of them which thy majesty has given me over these irrational creatures, so that they may now serve and sustain my fellow men. Two tunics and a cloak which serve to cover me, I leave to John for his disposal, since I hold him as a son. My body, I ask the earth to receive again for thy service, since it is the common mother, and serves thee as thy creature, my soul despoiled of its body." and of all visible things. O my God, I resign into thy hands in order that it may love and magnify thee through all thy eternities, my merits and all the treasures with which thy grace through my works and exertions I have acquired. I leave to the Holy Church my mother and my mistress as my residuary heiress, and with thy permission I there deposit thee, wishing them to be much greater." And I desire that before all else they redound to the exaltation of thy holy name and procure the fulfillment of thy will on earth as it is done in heaven, and that all the nations come to the knowledge, love, and veneration of thee, the true God. 725. In the second place, I offer these merits for my masters, 
the apostles and priests of the present and of the future ages, so that in view of them thy ineffable clemency may make them apt ministers, worthy of their office and state, filled with wisdom, virtue, and holiness, by which they may edify and sanctify the souls redeemed by thy blood. In the third place I offer them for the spiritual good of my devoted servants who invoke and call upon me, in order that they may receive thy protection and grace, and afterwards eternal life. In the fourth place I desire that my services and labors may move thee to mercy toward all the sinning children of Adam, in order that they may withdraw from their sinful state. From this hour on I propose and desire to continue my prayers for them in thy divine presence, as long as the world shall last. This, Lord and my God, is my last will, always subject to thy own. At the conclusion of this testament of the Queen, the Most Blessed Trinity approved and confirmed it, and Christ the Redeemer, as if authorizing it all, witnessed it by writing in the heart of his mother these words, Let it be done to you as thou wishest and ordainest. 7.26 If all we children of Adam, and especially we who are born in the law of grace, had no other obligation toward the most blessed Mary than this of having been constituted heirs of her immense merits, and of all that is mentioned in the short and mysterious testament, we could never repay our debt even if, in return, we should offer our lives and endure all the sufferings of the most courageous martyrs and saints. I do not compare them with the infinite merits and treasures left by Christ our Savior in the Church, because that is not possible. But what excuse or pretense have the reprobate who avail themselves neither of the one nor the other? All of them despise, forget, and squander. What torment and despair will be theirs when they unavailingly come to know that they have lost forever such great blessings and treasures for a momentary delight. Let them confess the justice and equity with which they are chastised and cast off by the Lord and his loving mother, whom they despise in such foolish temerity. 7.27 When the great queen had made her testament, she gave thanks to the Almighty and asked permission to add another petition, saying, Most clement Lord and Father of mercies, if it is according to thy pleasure... My soul desires that at its departure be present the apostles, my masters, and thy anointed, together with the other disciples, in order that they may pray for me and bless me and my transition from this to the eternal life. To this her divine Son answered my most beloved mother, The apostles are already on the way to come to thee, and those that are near shall shortly arrive, while those that are far off shall be carried by my angels because for my and thy greater glory it is my will that all assist at thy glorious departure for the eternal mansions, so that thou and they may be consoled. For this new favor the Most Blessed Mary gave thanks, prostrate upon the ground, and therewith the divine three persons returned to the Empyrean heaven. Instruction which the Queen of the Angels, Most Holy Mary, gave me. 728. My daughter, since thou admirest my esteem and love for the Holy Church, I wish to assist thy affection in conceiving new appreciation and love for it. Thou canst not in thy mortal flesh understand what has passed in my soul in contemplating the Holy Church. In addition to what thou hast understood already, thou wilt see more if thou consider what moved my heart, namely the loving works of my divine Son and the interest of the Holy Church. They should be thy meditation day and night. For in what he did for the Church, thou wilt be able to estimate his love toward it. In order to be its head and the chief of the predestined in this world and forever. He descended from the bosom of the Eternal Father and assumed flesh in my womb. In order to regain his children, lost through the first sin of Adam, he took passable and mortal flesh. 
in order to leave the example of his unblemished life and his true and salutary doctrine. He lived and conversed with men thirty-three years, in order to redeem them effectually and merit for them infinite blessings of grace and glory, which they themselves could not merit. He suffered most cruelly, shed his blood, accepting most painful and frightful death on the cross, in order that from his sacred body after its death might spring mysteriously his church. He permitted it to be torn by the lands. 729. Since the Eternal Father was so well pleased with his life, passion, and death, the Redeemer instituted in his church the sacrifice of his body and blood, in which his memory should live, and which the faithful might offer as a satisfaction and peace offering to the divine justice. At the same time, through it, he wished to remain perpetually present in his church as a sacrament of the spiritual nourishment of its children, and as a fountain of grace, a viaticum, and certain pledge of eternal life. In addition to this, he sent upon his holy church the Holy Ghost, to fill it with his gifts and his wisdom, promising that he should guide and govern it always without error, free from uncertainty and danger. He enriched it with all the merits of his life, passion, and death, applying them by the means of the sacraments, furnishing all that was necessary for men from their birth to their deaths, for cleansing them from their sins, for persevering in grace, for defending themselves against the demons and vanquishing them by the arms of the church, for crushing their own natural passions. At the same time, he instituted fit and apt ministers for securing to his faithful all these blessings. In the church militant, he communicates familiarly with all the holy souls. He makes them participants in this hidden and secret favors. He works wonders and miracles for them, and when it is for his glory, assumes their works. He hears their prayers for themselves or for their others, thus maintaining the communion of saints. 7.30 He left in it also other fountains of light and truth, the holy gospels and writings dictated by the Holy Ghost, the decisions of the sacred councils, the assured and ancient traditions he sends at opportune times. Holy doctors full of wisdom, he furnishes teachers and learned men, preachers and ministers in abundance. He spreads the renown of the church through his wonderful saints, beautifies it with a variety of religious orders, wherein the perfect and apostolic life is professed and preserved. He governs it by many prelates and dignitaries in order that all may proceed in harmony. He placed over it a supreme head, the Roman pontiff, his vicar, with the plenitude of highest and divine authority as the head of this mystical and most beautiful body. He defends and protects him to the end of the world against the powers of the earth and the infernal abysses. Among all these blessings bestowed and still to be bestowed upon his beloved church, not the least one was what he left me in it after his wonderful ascension, in order that it might be spread and governed by my merits and my presence. From that time on and forever I hold this church as my possession, for the Most High has consigned it to me as a gift and has commanded me to take care of it as its mother and mistress. 731. These, my dearest, are the greatest reasons and motives for my past and present love of the Holy Church, here made known to thee, and I desire that they rouse and kindle thy heart to an ardent performance of all that pertains to thee as my disciple, as my daughter, and that of the Holy Church, Love it, respect it, and esteem it from thy whole heart. Enjoy its treasures, gather in the riches of heaven, deposited together with its author and his church. Seek to unite it with thee, and to unite thyself with it. For in it thou findest thy refuge and thy salvation, consolement in thy labors, hope in thy banishment, light and truth to guide thee in the darkness of this world. For this holy church I desire thee to labor during all the rest of my life, since this is the purpose for which thou hast been called into existence. Thou shalt... Imitate and follow me 
in my tireless solicitude for the church on earth. This is thy greatest good fortune, for which thou owest eternal gratitude. I wish thee, my daughter, to be mindful of the fact that with this desire and intent I have applied to thee a great portion of the treasures of the church for the writing of my life. And the Lord has chosen thee as an instrument and as a secretary of its mysteries and hidden sacraments for purposes of his greater glory. Do not conceive that by having labored somewhat in this work that thou hast made even a partial return, absolving thee of thy obligations, but rather feel thyself more deeply pledged and obliged to put in practice the doctrine thou hast recorded. As long as thou refusest to do so, thou wilt remain poor, unrelieved of thy indebtedness, and subject to a rigorous account for all thou hast received. Now is the time to work, so that thou mayest find thyself prepared at leisure and disengaged to receive the spouse at the hour of death. Look upon my freedom and detachment from all earthly things, govern thyself by it, and let not the oil of light and of love fail thee. Matthew 25.3 In order that thou mayest enter the nuptials of the spouse through the open gates of his infinite mercy and clemency. This concludes our reading today for day number 358. We've been reading from volume 4, book 8, chapter 18, paragraphs 722 to 731. In today's reading, we hear a dialogue between Mary and the Trinity, what Mary desires of the Trinity, what the Trinity will do for her. And then we also hear that she says, I offer these merits for my masters, the apostles and priests of the present and of the future ages, so that in view of them, thy ineffable clemency may make them apt ministers worthy of their office and state. So as a priest reading this, how beautiful and how meaningful it is that I now hear these words of Our Lady, that she's praying for the priests of the church even to this very present day, that that was a promise she made before her transition for into eternity. It says, From this hour, I propose and desire to continue my prayers for them in thy divine presence, as long as the world shall last. What beautiful sentiments Our Lady gives to the church, the promise of her prayers when she's with the Lord. And the instruction began in this way, My daughter, since thou admirest my esteem and love for the Holy Church, I wish to assist thy affection, conceiving new appreciation and love for it. And we heard all the ways that Our Lady had a great love for the church. And I think today, then, we can pose that question to ourselves. Why do I love the church? I hope you love the church because of the sacraments. Because in the church we receive the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. In the church we receive the forgiveness of of sins through the sacrament of reconciliation. In the church, we know of the intercessory prayers of Our Lady. In the church, I admire all of the saints. There's a song, uh, Stainless the Maiden, that's the English translation. I quoted in my book, How They Love Mary, as the premise of why I wrote the book. The line from the song says, Every saint has praised her. I love the church because of the saints, because of their writings, because of their life. I love the church because they have shown me how to love Our Lady and how to love the Lord Jesus. And so why do you love the church? 
Let that be your reflection today. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.